Hello, mamas. We are Allison, Kelsey, and Melissa, and we would like to welcome you to the Unstressed Mama podcast, the podcast that will teach you how to manage the daily stress that comes from being a mom. Nothing is off limits here. From peeing your pants to balancing your budget to working out, we'll talk about it. Hey, Unstressed Mamas. Uh, We are back with another episode. Today, it will be Allison and myself, Melissa, and we are going to do another sort of reflection. Uh, On our last episode, we each did some summer reflection. Um, And so today we're going to reflect a little further back and do some reflection on what would I tell my younger self? So we each have came up with three different things we would like to tell our younger self. And I imagine between the six of these items, you may resonate with at least one of them, um, if not two. And if you could take one thing away from this for yourself or maybe for your children um, to kind of help instill into them, um, hopefully you'll get something out of this. Allison, would you like to give us your first one? Sure. Um, You know, this one's not gonna be a surprise to anybody. My first one was to save money. So considering the fact that up until last week, I was a money coach, (laughs) this should not be shocking or in any way life-changing for anybody that is listening to this. But I will tell you, the fact that I did save money is what has allowed me to chase this entrepreneurial however that's pronounced, dream, and, you know, be on my, I don't know, sixth or seventh trip of the year and sitting on my parents' bed recording this right now, because if it wasn't for that money that I had saved back, I couldn't switch gears and drive all over the place with my laptop and work wherever and do whatever because I would have to be busy pulling a nine to five. You know, you say that on the first day I went back to work after what was almost three weeks off. Um, And I say almost three weeks because there were two days in there that I I worked. Um, But I worked from home those days due to childcare, COVID constraints, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I did drive into the office today thinking like, okay, this isn't so bad. And literally by the time I left between being like TMI here, but about to get my period, being in the office and people not communicating. And I thought we were done at one time. We were done like 30 minutes later and I had to get the kids and do daycare pickup. And I was like, I, I don't like that part of leaving my house of having a job. Um, I just hadn't done it for three weeks and I'm looking forward to when I can not do that in less than two years yeah it is I definitely enjoy it although there are times when I think longingly back to the days of corporate when I could be at my mom and dad's house and sitting downstairs watching Bohemian Rhapsody with them and not sitting up in their bedroom um, working but you know this is I wouldn't choose it any other way and if I hadn't saved money, I would not be here right now. No way. You know, I find when I'm doing my business stuff, even when it is at maybe 9 p.m. 
or, you know, 5 a.m. or on a Sunday, I don't mind it. Like I do having to like answer emails when I'm on leave. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I mean, I do know why I, I have the passion for it. So it doesn't bother me. It's I'm happy to do that, but I get an email in the middle of my leave and I'm like, I'm on leave. Why are you emailing me? <laughs> right. I felt the same because I know like my last corporate job I had, I really actually liked it a lot. I liked the job. I liked the people and not the very last job, but the one before that, my boss was incredible. Probably the best person I worked for in my whole career and um, bent over backwards to be accommodating and flexible for me, trying to keep me with the company. And one time we were here in our hometown on vacation and he called me about something and I was like, I tried to hide it from my voice, but I was outraged. Like I'm on vacation and I'm not paid enough to be interrupted on vacation. Excuse me. And I laugh when I think back at that now, because, you know, today, for instance, my son and my husband went swimming all day, which would have been really fun. It was a great day for swimming. And I stayed back and worked on writing copy for an Instagram carousel and writing a survey for a client and did a couple of other things. And while I was doing it, I thought to myself, I could be swimming right now, but instead I'm doing this and I'm, I'm not upset about it. And I think it's because I have every chance in the world to do things with my son and I do. So, you know, if there's a time when he can go do something like that with his dad and I need to get some other things done, it's no big deal. So yeah, saving money definitely puts you in that position to follow your dreams. And we talked about that, not specifically with saving money, but when we talked about in a previous episode, and I'll see if I can find the episode number, um, when we talked about starting our own businesses, uh, it was, Kelsey was in on that one too, where like Kelsey and I have a full-time job and Allison had got a year of severance pay. And so we were able to have kind of money, a, a, like a cushion of funds to help us with starting the business. We weren't starting from you know, zero dollars and trying, you know, trying to make something out of nothing. You had to have something to invest in it. Um, and saving money helps put yourself in that position to follow your dreams. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Even if your dream is not to be an entrepreneur, if your dream is to um, have the coolest remote control airplane on the block or whatever that may be, money will be there. Boat's my current dream. Yes, a boat. (laughs) I've been seeing a lot of cool boats this week. My parents live on the Mississippi um, and there are some very cool boats that you see here. We did an overnight sail trip with our, or my husband's sponsor parents from the Naval Academy. So they have a sailboat and they took us overnight and we got a slip at a marina about three hours uh, down the bay from us. And it was super fun. And like, this is just amplified how much I want to get a boat. Um, <laughs> and everyone's like, there's such a money pit. And I'm like, I know. And I want to put all of my money in a boat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that always reminds me of the Friends episode where... She has, Rachel has the two birthday parties and her dad 
like you work and work and work on a boat <laughs> and your mom and the other one saying how you work on a marriage <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that one I thought you were going to mention the one when Joey won the boat oh no I don't know if I've seen that one actually <laughs> oh, it was a silent auction and, oh, and he yeah. won. he's like I won the boat they're like Joey it costs whatever the amount was and he's like oh, I don't have that money that's right I forgot about that good old Joey <sighs> um, all right so what is your first one okay so my first one is that mom and, and or dad really do know what's best for you um and when my mom Diane was on the show uh again a couple months ago uh I made uh I reminded her of something she's tell me how nothing good happens after midnight she didn't even remember telling me that um, and I remembered as I got even older, um, like into my twenties, not necessarily like under her tutelage quite directly. Um, I remember really, you know, the nights I'd stay up super late and get up the next day and I'm like, man, nothing good does happen after midnight. Um, and so there's just, you know, a slew of things that mom always says and don't tell her all of these now, but starting to come out as, as I'm getting older that like, you know, you really were right. She's like, really? I was, <laughs> yeah, you were. So, um, I think moms and dads have, I think we need to figure out it. Like, I think I need to figure out how I can like, let my children know that without telling them that. Cause I know if I tell them, then they'll go the opposite direction. Cause that was also what I did. Um, they I, told me to do X and I was like, mm, I'm going to go do C. <laughs> I am somewhat convinced that there is no way to tell somebody anything that they have to learn it on their own. There could be some rare unicorn that I've never met, but everybody I know, including myself, has to make stupid mistakes in order to learn lessons and period. <laughs> yeah. Well, stupid mistakes. So, you know, there's mistakes, there's things that just happen. And the one that sticks in my head, like the most prominent one, and I, I will say it pretty much probably changed the tra trajectory of my life or put my life on the trajectory that I'm on now. So I can't complain about it. But um, I, I had a practice marriage. Um, and when I told my mom, our plan was to get married in Reno and we were driving across the country a month after I graduated college, she was like, are you sure you really want to do that? And my response was yes. And once I said that to my mom, I was, well, I have to go through with it now. Um, I mean, at the time I thought that's what I really wanted, but looking back on it, not too long after that, I was like, my mom didn't know what she was talking about, <laughs> but I, I would have made many other choices had that not happened and they would not have brought me to today. And I can't change my life today for anything. It's interesting you bring that up because once I had Danny, I started thinking, huh, maybe arranged marriage isn't that bad of a thing. <laughs> and <laughs> not that I'm going to actually do that, but you just see people a lot of times getting married and think, oh my goodness, why can't they see this is the worst idea ever? <laughs> And, and then it is, and you knew, but you can't really tell people that because then they won't like you anymore. But 
when you're thinking about your own children, like, gosh, you know, can I just choose someone for you that I think it has really good prospects and, and it'll work out great. I mean, look at Outlander, Claire and Jamie were in arranged marriage and they're like the greatest love story of all time. Mm -hmm. And obviously things that happen in fiction books happen in real life, right? All the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But but uh I'm not that much of a an extremist, but it did it really did cross my mind, like, oh my gosh, what if he brings home some totally unacceptable person to marry someday and there's nothing I can do about it because you can't control people like that. Oh, yeah, you really can't. No. And knowing what, how I was, especially being as young as I was, like anyone telling me like, are you sure this was a good idea? It made me be like, I am absolutely sure. Clearly but, it was not a good idea. Yeah. Well, I was questioning it, but now that you asked me that, you're damn right. I'm sure 150%. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and I think that goes through like many other facets of life not just like choosing like a boyfriend or girlfriend or partner or so forth um just decision making and mm -hmm. my kids are older I'm sure I will have make some statement that'll make them do the wrong wrong thing in my eyes but yeah, we are, if nothing else we are very defensive species us humans yes <laughs> we are and kind of along the same vein as your mom and dad know best, since I'm at my parents' house, I asked them what advice they would give their younger selves. And I asked them after I had already written mine down. So it's kind of funny. They both gave me multiple things. So I'll just pick and choose their top three, according to me, of what they said. So my mom said, uh, become a Christian, save for retirement, and always use sunscreen and exercise. My dad said, save your money, be as mature as a 70-year-old when you're a teenager, which he admitted is impossible. <laughs> I was like, is that even possible? Was the thought that just crossed my mind. <laughs> and uh, buy property. Uh, okay. Those are so, very, yeah. It was, um, I haven't said my whole three yet, but for sure they both covered the save your money. Clearly you, they instilled that well in you. Yes. Yep. I definitely was not as mature as a 70 year old when I was a teenager. Um, clearly I was not. <laughs> I may still not be that mature is very likely that I'm not. You know, sometimes I forget that I'm, I'm 40 now and I'm like, just living my life feeling internally kind of like I'm 27. I know 27, 28 was like freedom years for me. That was when the practice marriage was gone. Uh, so it was kind of like my freedom years and like, sometimes, I, I mean, other than, you know, yeah, I have kids. I still kind of feel that carefree. And then I'm like, do people look at me and think like, what is she doing? She's 40. Um, and then on the flip side, we were having a conversation in our, on our street the other day about this joint cul-de-sac. I guess it's joint. It's a cul-de-sac that's on the street. So some people are on the circle around it. And I'm the youngest one out there in this conversation. And I, it's talking about landscaping and 
<laughs> digging things up with your hands. I'm like, look, here, here's what I, I, I don't know much about this, but like, should we maybe like mow it, like have them mow it and then we could dig it up? Like, no, we need to pull it out. We need them long, these, this onion grass stuff. Then we don't like it. So we want to pull it out and make it go away. So a property, blah, blah, blah. So I suggested, well, why don't we have mow it? And then we could like dig it up from there. Cause I said, you have to dig the roots up. And again, I know nothing about landscaping. This is not an area I know. I mean, I, I made an herb garden and it died like three months later. So my cactus plants died. Herbs are not as easy as people think, by the way. Cat, my, cat, my succulent little planter by my kitchen sink did not survive. <laughs> you don't even need to water them. They die. Anyway. <laughs> so at one point, I was just kind of like, whatever. And, it, and then the end, someone goes, well, maybe we should just have them mow it and then we can come like dig it up. And I was like, in my head, like, oh, I should just be like, oh, you know, I'm just like the young one. I'm like, I'm not that young. I mean, I was like, um, I'm pretty sure I said that like 10 minutes ago. And you guys all looked at me like I had horns coming out of my head. <laughs> and they all were like, she just said something like, like, cause I didn't, I'm just the youngest person. So I felt like I didn't like have a save. Like I've been on the street longer than some of the people, not all of them. Some have been here for 30 years, but I'm like, you guys just basically looked at me. Like I had no idea what I was talking about. Even when I said, I don't think I have any idea what I was talking about. And then you suggested what I said, like it was this novel idea. And I'm just like, I'm 40. I need to stand up for myself now around people. Cause I'm not, I might be younger than other people, but I'm not a child anyway you know that I feel like I'm like need to be treated like the age I actually am people look at me like I'm like 25 and I'm like I'm not even though behavior wise relative sense we have that happens to me a lot too I think due to being a low talker I have my suggestion and nobody responds to it and then a few minutes later somebody has a suggestion and I think did they hear me and realize that nobody else did? Or was did I talk so low that it became a subliminal message mm -hmm. to them? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Uh, I They all were looking at me when I made the suggestion. And they're like, well, we need them to be long to pull them out. So they heard what I was saying. And no kidding, full circle came around. And that's what, well, they have, it has been mowed. I also said, hey, there's like seven of us here. It can't be that much like pay someone to do this. It's like divide and conquer. So I don't have to come out here and dig with my own hands. Oh, that would have been my. Like definitely. it'd be like 50 bucks a person max. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Someone can tell me if they want me to go send a kid to dig in the dirt. Or um, then you would have two bucks. who wouldn't pay and someone would have to get all awkward and start doing like collections on them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, yes. Um, so thinking about age and how you feel and what your current age is, what your current age you feel like. So my second one that I wrote down was um, something I still work on, um, but a lot of kind of like slashes here in the world. So like loving and it, accepting you know maybe need to love it but accepting and owning your body for its current state and everything that it has done um because someday it's likely going to be different 
Um, so if I'm looking at my younger self, I remember back, you know, let's say before I even met my current husband thinking like, oh, I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight. And I even think of like to our wedding day, how like I wished I was smaller on my wedding day. And then I think where I am now, where I am like the largest, which I'm learning, working slash trying to be okay with the largest I've been aside from being pregnant, um, in my adult life well, in my entire life. Um, and I look back at those pictures and I know in my mind, I wanted to be smaller. And I look at them now and like, man, I just wish I could be like I was then. Um, and I remember having these feelings, how I wasn't comfortable in my body. Um, and so there were things I didn't do. Like I didn't dance when I was like, a, in like in college. Um, I mean, I kind of danced a little, but not really dancing that I can carry into my forties. That's appropriate. Um, so when I try to dance now, as I'm learning to just be who I am and be me in my body, um, I realize I don't have the moves. I like literally don't have dance moves because I didn't dance. Cause I was like too afraid. Like I wouldn't look right when I was dancing, whatever right is. So accepting slash loving being neutral about your body and yourself. And, um, I've been working and I mentioned this too, with intuitive eating and with a coach on, you know, learning to be more accepting of my body and its size and all the great things that it can do and trying to not focus on what I want it to be or used to want it to be still has a work in progress area for me. <laughs> um, that is, that has always been a big thing for me also. And oddly enough, right across from me is a picture of me during the one time in my life that I can remember feeling really good about how I looked. And I am holding my niece who is a baby in the picture. And she is 22 years old today. So about 21 years ago, I was really happy with the way I looked and I haven't been since. Yeah. Maybe lashes of it here and there. And that is a whole lot of time wasted on worrying about something that actually doesn't even matter oh and I think about the times like I didn't eat x or I over exercised to try to meet some number on a scale and I don't weigh myself anymore some number on a scale because somehow I thought that it was going to be my worth and I actually got over like weighing myself as self-worth years ago so like that part I got over and that's actually a really hard thing for a lot of women so if that's you and you still are there like you're not alone that is a thing um where you know you see that number and you have to you might have feelings based off what the number is um I am better about if I am going to get weighed like I actually weighed myself before going to the doctor a couple weeks ago because I knew I was bigger than I had been like physically bigger and I was like, I felt like I needed that first time to see it to not be when I was at the doctor's office. Mm -hmm. And so it was fine. It's just a number. And to be honest, it told me what I thought. It's not like I was overly surprised. I didn't want to see it, but I was like, no, well, that's what that number is right now. It kind of makes sense with how my clothes fit. So I'm not overly surprised. Um, but years ago, I would have seen that. And I would have been like, well, I need to go run five miles every day. And I need to eat nothing but like lettuce. And 
I now know that that is not the approach that's sustainable and healthy one for nutrients in your body and two for your mental well-being. So still, still working on all of that, but I wish I could take some of that time that energy resources that I spent thinking, wishing that I looked different, whether it be shape, size, hair, texture, color, all of that, and just be okay with it. Cause that's who I am. That's one thing I will say, I've I've often been unhappy with my body, but I, um, I remember going through a time, maybe probably when I was a teenager, where I actually thought that I was ugly. I thought I had a big, ugly nose and I was, would look in the mirror and be like, oh, I'm so gross. And at some point I grew out of that. And I've never thought that since, I mean, it, it's not like I'm looking at myself like, oh, hello, but um, I know that I, you know, I'm fully capable of looking attractive and looking nice or whatever. And I've never looked at myself and thought that I was ugly unless I go to take a picture and it's on selfie mode and I'm not expecting it. And it's, you know, that like <laughs> from the chin up, like, Whoa, oh. what is that? Let's be honest anyone from that view the selfie from the chin up is <laughs> not a good shot uh, and, and if you are there's a unicorn there if you look good when, from from <laughs> face down but I never really thought about it but I totally grew out of that somehow but I never grew out of um a big problem for me is like I'll go shopping and see an outfit on a mannequin and think uh -huh. oh my god I love that and then I'll go try it on myself, who is not a mannequin size, and then be disgusted and furious and upset and depressed for days after. Well, you and I have talked about this before. It isn't even the size as much as the, the, the style of the clothing. So yeah. mannequins are a small sized object. So there's smaller clothes size on there. So they just look different on a larger body, which there's nothing wrong with that, but you're not going to get the same look. No. And so that style isn't as flattering. And so like you and I have talked like just having a body shape that's different than a mannequin makes shopping a very hard thing. And I used to hate shopping yeah. too. And so, you know, we didn't have a ton of money growing up. So we used to shop at like Gabriel Brothers and like, so like the stores that carried like the big name brands and we used to go get like the guests and oh, I don't even know what else, mm -hmm. what other brands they were, but they were, you know, a lot cheaper, kind of like a TJ Maxx or Marshall's type of store you know, a bunch of clothes. So the clothes were packed in, you had to like search for your size and then I'd get a size and like, it wouldn't fit or it didn't look like it looked like on my best friend and like mm -hmm. shopping or my sister. Cause I either shop like with my best friend or my sister shopping was such a thing. Like I hate shopping. I, I started doing the Nordstrom trunk club where I actually just approved a trunk today where all these things are going to come to my house. I can try them on in my room. I have like no major expectations of what they're going to look like besides some picture on my phone. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, if it doesn't look right, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just send that back. Yep. I love all of the, I do, I'm doing stitch fix right now. I've done it before and there's the Amazon clothes and stuff too. I love all of those. Yeah. Pretty much everything I got for our, uh, vacation was Amazon. Um, mm -hmm. my bathing, I had like three or four bathing suits from Amazon. And I think I ended up with three different dresses from Amazon. They're not like beautiful dresses, but they're dresses that I can put on 
that are good for the summer. I don't look awful in them and I'm cool and they have pockets. Oh, you know what? Let's bookmark. We need to do a whole episode with my friend, Melanie, who is a style mm-hmm. consultant on dressing your body for your shape. Cause that I took her course and it was awesome. Let me go write that down before I forget. Yeah. All right. You want to go to your next? I'll do a yeah. second one. Yeah. Um, which kind of ties into this. It's exercise regularly. Um, and I have done throughout my life a somewhat decent job of this. I exercise differently when I was younger. I think that if you've listened to this before, you may be well aware of my um, Richard Simmons obsession with his tone and sweat video. <laughs> and I did that a lot. And I rode my bike a lot when I was a teenager. I also have some funny stories of trying to run when I was younger um, and stuff like that. But then I'm not sure how much I've talked about this here, but I've talked about it in my other business when I hit about 26 ish. Um, I started drinking a lot more and going out and partying and that doesn't really lend itself well to exercising because when you're hungover and you have to go to work and school and whatever, you just want to kind of sleep in your downtime or party more. So, um, I had like a 10 year stint there where there were very extended cocktail hours and Luckily, I snapped out of that and um, I didn't, I wouldn't call myself an alcoholic. I definitely had a drinking problem. And during that time, I actually did have an in-person personal trainer. So it was good that I was exercising, but I was killing any progress that I would have made by the six cocktails that I would go home and have after I worked out every night and, you know, pack and a half of cigarettes that I would smoke. So, um, I'm back to, you know, as soon as I got pregnant, that all came to a grinding halt. Stop Mm -hmm. the record. This (laughs) has to change. And thank goodness, because I, it was becoming the last couple of years of that lifestyle were just miserable, but it was such a habit that it was hard to stop. That's just, you know, you come home from work and make a drink and then you have more drinks and more and more and more. And it sucked. Um, So... I think that's a pretty relevant, like maybe not for you, but for a lot of people kind of in the pandemic. And so the pandemic happened and you you all know, like exercise is a priority to me. And I usually am very good at least four times a week doing something very intentional. Most likely it's five times. And when I'm on track at six, Um, but when the pandemic happened and I was like, well, I don't want to like wake up and start drinking every day. That would be bad. I told myself I had to close my uh, rings on my Apple watch. So there's like these the three rings on the Apple watch for movement and exercise and standing. So I didn't have to stand. Now granted, and all of the time, I never actually had anything to drink until like after the work day was over. Um, but like I made sure I got my exercise in in the morning. So I was getting all this, I was exercising doing more cardio in the pandemic, the beginning of that last summer of the pandemic than I think I've ever done. Well, not ever. Then I've done since having kids at least, but I was equally in the evenings having several drinks. Cause all we 
we couldn't go anywhere. So all we could do was stand on the street and talk to our neighbors really far apart. So we all had like our own little, like run in and grab a beverage or whatever. And like you said, like, not only did I kill progress, I went in the complete wrong direction. Um, Mm -hmm. And actually what kind of snapped me out of like, that was when my watch broke, when I I fell while I was running one day and my watch Mm -hmm. broke. I remember that. I wasn't able to close my rings. And I was like, but I got like obsessive about closing all three rings and I got not necessarily to have the drinks, but um, if I didn't have the stand one for whatever reason, it didn't get the stand at the end of the night, I'd be like 11 PM trying to get this last stand hour before it clicked over to midnight. I mean, it was like taking over my mind. Um, but the combination of my, my purpose of the exercise was because I love exercising, but I wouldn't let myself have anything to drink if I didn't close my ring. So for a while you could look and see, there was one day I didn't close my rings for about three months. And I was like, oh, it's probably a sign. Maybe we should like just be and see how that works. So, yeah, I, um, I feel like I have a really good groove with exercising now. And sometimes I think back and think, gosh, if I would have not had that gap of 10 years, Mm -hmm. I would be in such better shape now than I am and so much stronger and you know blah 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 you can't change but if we're talking about what to tell my regular self don't Mm -hmm. stop exercising just keep at it yeah I you know I even when I was in higher drinking phases of life I kept the exercise in that's the one thing I feel like I've done fairly well since like 2008 my late 20s is like I've kept the exercise and part of it, I have to for my job and yeah. for, I love it and do that as my business. So right. It's kind of things I really enjoy doing. Like I went swimming before we did our recording tonight. Um, my new, my new thing, mm-hmm. trying to swim. Um, okay. So what is your third one? So my third one, interesting. I need to keep this in mind since I just mentioned swimming is to not quit whenever it gets challenging. And when I say it, whatever thing you're trying to do, and I, I think back to my youth, uh, my we didn't have a whole lot in my town. So my mom had put me in ballet like at three, like cute little three-year-old doing ballet, it's adorable. Um, so I did ballet starting at three. And by the time I was eight, um, I was doing ballet twice a week jazz once a week and tap I think I was eight years old so I mean I'm not that much older than my daughter doing these like four events but it was all at the same studio um and so I remember thinking like I've been doing this for five years I should be like really far ahead here and I thought I should have been on point and I asked about it and they said like now mind you I was not a, a thin youth so I didn't look like your typical ballerina not that you have to be thin to be a ballerina however clearly I needed to be stronger and they didn't put me on point and I got mad because they wouldn't like put me on point so I quit all of it it was okay that was ballet and at the time I think I'd already started doing piano lessons um and I didn't like to practice outside of my lesson so I go to my lesson and my lesson was fine but after a while my 80 plus year old piano teacher like knew I wasn't practicing and she's like I'm not going to give you lessons if you're not doing your homework so I was like fine I quit 
and did the same thing with softball. I did softball for several years, like little league age. And I, I was decent. I probably wasn't going to like go to college for softball, but you know, like friends weren't on my team anymore. So I quit. Same thing with cheerleading. I got into like a social argument with one of the girls, like we were no longer talking. And so I quit cheerleading after I made the JV squad. Um, so those are my youthful ones. When things get challenging, quit. Um, I almost quit ROTC uh, when I was in college, which was how I was paying for school. Um, it was actually, I want to say it was either, it was the end of one of my junior year semesters. So I don't know if it was the end of the fall semester, or the spring semester, but I wanted, I was like, I'm done. I don't want to do this. I don't want to live this life. I don't want to be in the Navy. Here I am <laughs> literally 20 years later from that. Um, and I was like, well, well, couldn't I just like finish school and then pay it back? Um, anyway, I was like, all right, well, let me go on this one more summer training and let's see how that goes. And I, I guess I, I just never even thought about quitting after that. So that was the first thing I probably significantly had in my life that it got hard and I wanted to quit and I actually didn't. Um, so yeah, that, that's my... I wish I would have continued with some of those things. Most of those were athletic things. So if, if you ever asked me like, were you an athlete? I have to say no, because I was never an athlete. I never did anything athletic out after junior high. Um, so I was a cheerleader for a couple of years, but by the time I was in high school, I didn't do any, any sports, any organized sports. So like, no, I wasn't an athlete. I mean, I like to think of myself as a, amateur athlete now but not in like a competitive sense but yeah, I feel I'm, like I would be a stronger person physically stronger if I had kept with a sport or got into a sport and continued through with it I'm definitely in better I may be bigger now than I was in high school but I'm in better shape than I was in high school I would say oh I'm definitely you know, ironically, I probably would fit into some of my high school clothes because I was like, like not athletic, right? So I probably, I weighed less than I do right now, but I don't think I was that much smaller, if that makes sense. You know? Yeah. Like there yeah. wasn't a whole lot of muscle. <laughs> right. Same. Like I, yeah, me either. Um, and I also, I took piano lessons for several years and I quit because I didn't like the practicing part of that. And everybody told me, you'll be sorry, you'll be sorry. And, you know, like we talked about earlier, like, no, I won't. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> I quit and I'm sorry that I did. And I've recently been thinking about, um, even if not getting a piano, getting, cause you can get a keyboard that sounds pretty realistic and takes up like very little space. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking about doing that again and picking it back up because I miss it. I love music and um, I've tried to play, you know, recently and I'm sure I could pick it back up again, but I'm totally rusty. I can read music still, but it's like, I have to stop and look, okay, that, that, that. And especially on the lower uh treble clef yeah the treble clef is is that the right one did i say the right one uh bass yeah treble's the right hand 
yeah face face the left one. so yeah. i can do the mexican hat dance oh yeah it's the only thing i can do by memory besides chopsticks um, i have a chip and dip bowl that plays that song so i don't need to you just when you push the button to open where the dip goes it plays the song it's awesome oh my gosh i need that <laughs> Ooh, maybe we'll do white elephant christmas exchange this year um, <laughs> um but now I could play a really jazzy version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and I still remember the right-hand part of it, but only, like, the first line. So, you know, I've got a ways to go. But also, as you were talking, I was sitting and thinking about it, and running is something that I always gave up on before when it was hard. Um, or not so much for me that it got hard. I just had weird things, like I stepped on a rake one time. And it didn't hit me in the face. It just went into my foot in the bottom. And I had a dog like run in between my legs, a big dog. And it was really friendly. In fact, it came home with me. It was just loose and lost. But it scared me so bad that I'm like, boy, what if a dog, what if that happened and the dog was mean? Oh my gosh, I better stop running. And um, so as you know, I have had a foot injury, but I have recently been trying to run again on my treadmill and being really careful with my form so I don't re-injure my foot. And then it will start to hurt a little bit and then I stop and stretch for several days. And so I'm not giving up on that this time, which Yay. makes me happy. Um, but really the truly hardest, hardest thing I've ever done is having this business and and I'm not stopping on that either so yeah I haven't quit on my business yet I feel, nor do yeah. I plan to I said yeah nor do I plan to right I feel like that is like we both with our businesses are mastering this thing that we didn't learn when we were younger so maybe it comes with age although I do occasionally see young people that I think gosh they are just born wise I don't know I feel like you and I are in like the weird age not number age but like not like younger I'm technically in some cases considered a millennial but I'm clearly like not like a millennial type um where like I I actually said today, so I was working with students who are entering the Naval Academy and they'll graduate in 2025. And they have to, we're looking at where they're going in their different courses for their first semester. And they log into the college board for their AP scores. I'm like, yeah, there wasn't a website to log in for your college scores when I took my AP tests. And like, they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, that's how long ago I was in high school. Like we had dial up internet then like, doo -doo -doo. They, and if someone was on the phone like could you get off the phone oh my gosh like check my myspace well there wasn't even myspace then i need my, to log into my hotmail <laughs> aol messenger i need to put my way away message up <laughs> oh we're dating ourselves there oh yes okay did did you give your yeah you gave yeah. your third one already yep. right Yep. Okay. 
So if we're going to talk about dial-up internet, that kind of fits in uh, as an anecdote with my last one. And that is don't go to college past getting an associate's degree. And this isn't a, a super unpopular opinion anymore. In some circles it is, but a lot of more people are on board with this. I have a bachelor's degree and I feel like the last two years of my college were a complete and total waste of money. Um, other than the fact that I proved I am indeed really, really good at badminton because I got an A in college badminton and um, took second place overall in the badminton tournament, which was co-ed single, you know, it was boys against girls and everything. So I um, know this about you, Miss Badminton mm -hmm. Champion. That was important for me to prove myself and pay, you know, like $3,000 or something to take a badminton class and show that I was awesome. Um, <laughs> other than that, I feel like colleges have jacked their tuition prices up so ridiculously high that anything past something that is necessary, like um, obviously if you're going to be an engineer or, um, you know, a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, you have to have a degree to get those jobs. But my degree is in political science. And although at one point I did think that I was really interested in that field, I have now um, become disgusted by it. And I don't like to talk about it with very many people. And I will never do anything in that. Well, never say never. I probably won't do anything ever related in that field. And if even if I did, you have to have more that you have to have a graduate degree to get any kind of a job with a political science degree. And um, I just paid off my student loans and I've been out of college for 20 years. And I could have done every single thing that I did truthfully with a high school diploma mm -hmm. I didn't have one of those um, and I had a GED the associate's degree was necessary for me but I got that at a junior college and I paid as I went I graduated no debt free from there you know no college debt so and if I could add and I think we've met you and I have talked about this and I cannot remember if it was on a recorded episode or if we were just chatting um the debt-free piece and, you know, just paying off your student loans now. And there are some programs out there. Um, I have a friend who had gone to law school and like, if you're, she works for the federal government, but like, if you're, it's, I think it's a civil servant type position for 10 years, then all of your student loans are forgiven and you have to make the payments up until then. And they're usually pretty pricey payments. Um, and so that, like, that's kind of a decent deal if like you really want that like higher degree, like the law degree or maybe a, to be a doctor or so forth. But trying to, if you want the higher degree, having it from a school that costs $50,000 a year doesn't get you to know more things if you spend more money. Um, so going along the lines of your first one of saving money, um, one way to save money is to not spend as much money or take a loan and as much money for your education. Um, yeah. 
Um, I mean, looking back, I went to a private university for the last two years and I could have went to a state school that would have been a ton cheaper, you know, like a quarter of the cost of what I paid at the private place. Um, did they have a badminton class there? I don't know. But, uh, you know, it, it would have been the same, probably the same quality education. I did actually enjoy what I learned and that being a private university, I also had to take some religious classes because it was a Catholic one. And that was super interesting. We were taught by priests there. And I mean, that was awesome knowledge. But that's probably something that I could go out now and watch on YouTube if I wanted to hear priests talk about how they feel about the fact that they can't get married and some of the other Catholic beliefs, you know, and um, there was no reason why I needed to pay $3,000 to hear that either. And now I'm sure it costs more like $9,000 to hear that at that same school. And it's just outrageous. Um, totally outrageous and like I said it was it was interesting it was great info and all of that but for the price that I paid and the return on my investment on that was not there wasn't one there was no return on that investment other than me having a little bit more knowledge that I could spew at you know dinner parties or something (laughs) yeah and and that's a I think a huge culture shift um, in our, in our country about you must go to college. And so it puts these expectations on these young kids who are 16, 17, looking at colleges and they think they need to go to like the best college for engineering or med school, where whatever their desires are, which obviously usually equals a higher cost. Um, when, you can do prereqs at a community college and save two years ish worth of tuition at a state school and state schools are less expensive than the private schools. Um, so I think I, I, I see some of that messaging coming out of it's slow, but I see some of it coming out where, you know, you don't have to have emphasizing to not have the student loan debt, I think is where we can probably try to focus with our youth. Um, you know, you can have an education and like I live, I, I, we are fortunate. My county has one of like the top community colleges in the nation. And someone told me number one, but I did not look that up, but it was mentioned the other day that we have the top community college, but we have a really great community college. They have two-year degrees and four-year degrees, and you're going to pay a fraction of what you would pay for any of the state schools. Mm-hmm. And obviously even smaller even, fraction than I went to a community college for the first two years also, and I don't know what it's rated or whatever, but I had some awesome professors there. I mean, the one guy that taught history had lived in Israel several times, and he was teaching history about that part of the world, and his insight was incredible because he actually had lived there and, you know, studied the stuff up close, and there was another guy another history teacher that one of our last days of class, he brought in a record player. And I thought, what is, what's the deal here? And he showed something and it was about which war 
um, I think the Civil War, and he played some music, a record that was music from that time or something, and he had some kind of film strip going, which even at the time was super like, what? Where did you get a film strip? <laughs> <laughs> Um, he he was crying at the end of it, which I'm not gonna lie. At the time, I'm like, what in the world? But um, the passion that he had for that history, he knew so much, and you wouldn't. I mean, those classes at the time, a three credit hour class, I remember, was hundred and fifty dollars. And you know, the next place I went, it was three thousand dollars for the same class. Mm-hmm. And, I didn't find that the instructors were any more or less passionate at either place. Yeah. You know, I went, I went to Penn state and we had a lot of branch campuses and I was like, I don't want to go to the local branch campus. It was still like a half an hour away from home. It was like 20 miles. Um, I was like, I don't want to. And if I have to go there, like if I didn't get into main campus, I was like, I'm not living at home. Like, you know, cause I was a snotty teenager and clearly I was still snotty for a few years after being a teenager as per my first <laughs> uh, statement today. Um, so I had this thing in my mind, like going to main campus was like what you needed to do to like be successful. And I didn't want to go to the branch campus. It wasn't considered like community college, but like, I was like, no, I need to go to the main campus. And I, at the time, thankfully got in and I, I won't, I wouldn't have had that Rati experience that I had and it wouldn't have made me where I am today. So I, I don't regret it. And because of my Rati experience that paid for two and a half years of my college tuition, I still had student loans. I still had room and board. I had to pay for tuition the first year and a half, but, and I wouldn't trade that experience for anything, but I now am not going to funnel my kids straight to, you must go to college. I want them to see that there are lots of options out there and maybe it's college and maybe it's working. Like you don't, you can work for a while and then go to school. Um, what's your passion? Maybe you start a business right away. You don't need a degree to start a business. Maybe you're a YouTuber by the time you're eight. I don't know. There's that. Yeah. Well, that was super fun. Um, really enjoyed, uh, thinking about some things. And then, uh, I actually, uh, full disclosure, we did talk about ours ahead of time, but we did not. And we just listed them and then gave them to you all in the order. We talked about them bouncing back and forth and they transitioned really well. Um, so I thought that was, I felt like you should know that a little bit that we did talk, have it planned, but we didn't, you know, script it out. And I thought that worked out really well. No, I'm excited to get Kelsey's before she hears this episode. Oh, yes. uh, Mesh in with ours also. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Well, thank you for listening as always. Um, And our next episode is going to be a return guest with Dawn Haywood. Uh, She will be coming back with the uh, fourth episode. I think it's the fourth. I have four on my notes here. Uh, in the chakra series. So we're moving up the body in the chakra. So she will be back in next week. I hope you will uh, join us there. And if you have not already subscribed to the podcast, so that way you don't miss any episodes.
All right. See you all next week. The Unstressed Mama podcast is brought to you by Allison Rodden, Kelsey Decker, and Melissa Sarovi. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Unstressed Mama and on Instagram at Unstressed Mama. If you like what you heard, be sure to tell your friends so other mamas can join in the fun. You can find our individual contact information in the show notes for this episode. If you have questions about this topic or suggestions for future topics, the best place to reach us is through our Facebook, Instagram page, or email at unstressedmama at gmail.com. Thank you.